0: The Tarrasque has been terrifying players since the very first edition of D&D, and while stats and lore may have changed as the years and editions have passed, its role in your games certainly hasn't. It's the creature synonymous with unbeatable, and its arrival in any Dungeons & Dragons 5e campaign usually heralds the game's end. But how should you actually use this beast in your adventures? And what do you players do if your DM flippantly summons this beast upon you? The truth is there are no short answers for these questions and that's why we're talking all about the Tarasque in today's episode. The 5e Tarasque is an absolutely massive beast, akin to a dragon or a T-Rex, but with a lot more spikes and is essentially this game's version of Godzilla. You'll hear that anywhere that people talk about this creature. It's basically a quadrupedal beast with a tough carapace. It's 50 feet tall, 70 feet long, and is practically unkillable with 25 AC and nearly 700 hit point maximum. From a lore perspective, we've gone through several different versions with conflicting origins, and our 5th edition lore sort of combines them all into a sort of flat, we don't know where it came from kind of backstory. It's consistently and irrevocably tied to the prime material plane, and there's only ever the one Terask. It's a force of nature, or perhaps an inevitable curse, an ultimate destructive aspect of our world that we can only run from, but never truly escape from. There's definitely a storytelling metaphor in there somewhere. Going back to the Godzilla analogy, just like the King of the Kaiju, this colossal creature tends to work in cycles by showing up and wrecking the place only to go back to slumbering basically right after. It usually pops up, devours a few cities, and then goes back to sleep for a few weeks, months, years, or decades. In some versions, it'll be asleep just somewhere deep in the earth, while in other versions, it literally slumbers at the core of our planet until its terrible hunger rouses it from its sleep. In 5th edition, there is only one official version of the dreaded Tarrasque, and uh, I dare you to look at these stats without getting freaked out. With stats and abilities so outrageously powerful, a DM should practically have a license in order to run one of these. It can be very tempting to use a Tarasque as a big bad evil bad guy of your campaign. They're iconic, monstrous, and represent a universal threat that can be easily plopped into any setting and easily understood. However, they really can't work as the villain of your story. Sure, they're dangerous, but they're not even really evil when you get right down to it. They don't have any schemes to thwart or minions to fight, and they're about as smart as a dog, so you're not really going to get any banter out of them. The threat of a coming Tarasque, however, is a very powerful plot device in itself. Think of the Tarasque like you would a natural disaster or an apocalyptic event, the proverbial bomb that could go off unless a brave band of adventurers were to intervene. Try setting up some other more intelligent figure as your central villain and use the Tarrasque as essentially a MacGuffin for your villain's evil plan. Maybe an outsider tired of the Material Plane's insolence who's committed to completing the ritual to awaken the Tarasque deep within the core of the Earth, or something maybe less complicated than that. Like a villain who just wants revenge on a city that he doesn't like. It can be whatever you want. What I'm trying to get at is that the Tarasque doesn't really have any agency to play around with when the villain floods the city or makes a volcano explode, we aren't mad at the water for being wet or the lava for being hot. It's still the villain who is the actual antagonists. And I mean, hell, if you wanna play with the origins of the Tarasque, as we mentioned, we really don't know where it came from. So if that's something you wanted to tie deeper into your campaign, I say do that. Now, when it comes to actually fighting the Tarasque, you've got two real options. Either you run the fight straight, fair and square, or you let the players cheat. Fighting the legendary Tarrasque fairly should only occur very late in tier four or around levels 18 to 20. The tarasque isn't quite as formidable as it was in some previous editions, but it's still literally the highest CR creature in the monster manual, and for a reason. There aren't a whole lot of tricks to running the beast either. The Tarrasque has a lot of very strong but very straightforward attacks and will typically kill a 20th level player character every one to two turns unless they all die, flee, or manage to bring it down. Actually, fighting the Tarrasque should only ever be the final conflict of your campaign because it's going to be hard to top the odds of anyone surviving something like that. Now, if you're giving your players the ability to cheat, you've got a few more options. What I mean by cheating is giving the players some item or circumstance that weakens, contains, or automatically defeats the Tarrasque in some usually kind of uh, silly way. Exactly how far you're willing to take this is up to you, but it's a time-honored tradition for giving your players the rush of defeating the Tarrasque without completely TPKing it. If you want to find clever ideas, uh, more clever than I could ever offer, just search the internet for stories. There are, <laughs> there's no shortage of them. It's also good to keep in mind that the Tarrasque has animal intelligence and actually cares about self-preservation. The party comes up with some dumb tricks to inflict damage over time on it and the Tarrasque will do its best to not be injured by that anymore. If they get it low enough on hit points, it will try to escape. It's not an attack robot. It's alive and should act as if it has at least two brain cells to rub together. Finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the whole clay golem versus Tarrasque gimmick which is a weird edge case of a creature that can strangely hold its own against the Tarasque, and your players may try to summon the golem as a way to fight it. You can find more information on that whole mess if you, well, a ton of parties have tried that. Just scour the internet. So how should players go about fighting the Tarasque? Well, an oversimplified answer is that you shouldn't. Hopefully your Dungeon Master is using it as a MacGuffin and you'll have some sort of method to avoid fighting the thing or a plot-based solution. If you actually do have to fight a Tarasque head-on, the DM has likely grown bored of the game and has essentially just pushed the game over button. You know, if they're on the more cynical side of things. It's not entirely hopeless, though, and you do have some options. You could run unless you've been trapped somehow. The Tarrasque doesn't have any features that prevent you from just scurrying off somewhere else, and it'll likely have no inclination to follow you. Your town with all of your friendly NPCs may be doomed, but that's kind of what you gotta deal with if you're choosing the cowardly route. You could choose to lure it away somehow. The Tarrasque isn't an automaton, but it ain't too bright either. With a bit of careful planning and baiting, you may be able to simply lure it somewhere less impactful or even contain it. A lot of this plan depends on your setting and situation, so get kind of creative. It only has melee attacks, so a flying character can sometimes act like a carrot on a string, albeit on a more titanic scale. You can also choose to cheese it to death. Any Dark Souls players out there are probably familiar with this method. There are a ton of oddball ways people have tried to eke out a win against the Tarrasque. Most of them involve the Tarasque acting as some sort of completely unthinking being standing there doing nothing while they chip away at its health, with hit and run tactics usually. I doubt your DM will allow you to get away with whatever scheme you come up with, but who knows, your DM may reward you if you're crafty enough. But obviously 90% of you are going to actually try fighting it. For the moment, let's assume you have a full party of 18th to 20 level characters, and God help you if you don't. If your only course of action is to fight the Tarrasque straight up without a whole army at your back, there is an excellent chance that you're all going to die. I'm not just saying that to be pessimistic either. It has an average damage output of 148 per turn. But if you must go Tarrasque hunting, those damage output capabilities can hopefully be mitigated with a good battle plan. Firstly, the Tarrasque's defensive abilities, magic resistance, and reflective carapace make full spell casters, wizards, and spell attacks extremely ineffective against it. It also has damage immunity to fire and poison, which rules out the whole drop it in a volcano plan, if that's what you were thinking. Things like a paladin's smite ability or an assassin's sneak attack cleanly bypass all of this and is one of the strongest sources of damages on here as is any other martial class that can add additional damage using magic weapons, such as psionic attacks that don't really allow for saving throws. Second, if you spread out, you can hopefully keep its damage spread throughout the party rather than it focusing down on a single member. One player at its back can take the tail swipe, two at the sides can take the claws, and one at the face for the bite. The damage per hit on each individual attack shouldn't be lethal damage, and with each player on a different damage source, you may be able to keep up at least partially with a cleric's healing to counteract the damage. Spellcasters in your party will be best utilized as sources of healing and buffs for the martial classes, unless they're willing to go for very desperate tactics. A spellcaster can either go through spells or magic items and get resistances and damage reduction or acid damage, and then get themselves eaten by the Tarrasque intentionally. Depending on how your DM rules it, this magical beast's reflective carapace feature is an aspect of its skin, not the inside of its stomach. Once inside, the spellcaster will start dissolving, slowly due to resistance, but can blast away with disintegrate spells freely with inside the beast. You could die before it does, and you most likely will, but man, what a way to finish a fight. If also a complete ripoff of the ending to Men in Black. As a third and perhaps even more ludicrous than that option, I'll end this video on what my adventuring party resorted to when fighting the Tarrasque. They were all really high-level characters, only one 19th level and the rest were 20, so I don't recommend this to just anyone. But in the fog of battle, when the situation seemed quite hopeless for both the PCs and the capital city that they were helping defend, they had to get a bit more crafty. The beast was ripping through them and the hub where most of the citizens had evacuated to and was practically in the monster's shadow. It was in the desperation and sorrow of losing one of their favorite NPCs that the paladin and the healer cleric hatched an idea. I won't tell you exactly how they did this, as I'd rather you all come up with your own creative solutions and scenarios but basically what happened was the cleric, Xavier Burnpine, looked at me and asked, can we knock it over? To which I replied, you can try, you can try. The Tarrasque, legendary for a reason, not used often for many, many more. At the risk of belaboring a point, run at your own risk and save it for a very special occasion. Thank you all so much for watching. I truly appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week. And if you've ever faced down a tarasque or know an interesting story about someone else who has, I would absolutely love to hear about it down in the comments. I have only run it once and I did so with extreme caution and buildup and everything else. And it went about as perfect as I could have hoped. Um, well, Maybe not. A lot of people died. Maybe that wasn't as perfect as I could have hoped, but the point is it was fun. <laughs> Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.